Okay, welcome back to the second episode of Jackson No Trades Podcast. We've got a jam-packed episode for you guys today. We're going to start out with a little um, recap of the last week in the NBA, uh, Kobe Bryant's untimely death, um, then a little uh, Super Bowl preview, and then some Arkansas basketball. Yeah, we're, um, we're, it's been a big week in sports. We've got a lot to unpack. Uh, we had the Zion return last week, and we've had the just – Horrible, horrible uh, Kobe death yesterday. And uh, so we're going to chat about that. We'll probably lead with that. And then we're going to go into some rankings and some more uh, lighthearted stuff. So, uh, Chuck, why don't you uh, why don't you lead the way with uh, some Kobe thoughts if you'd like to, if you have some things you'd like to share. Um, well, obviously it's – I mean, I, yeah. I mean, someone texted yesterday and they said uh, – before I ever knew what was happening. And one of the main takeaways that I took from like how tragic it all was and just like how crazy like the, like that hour was. Yeah. Like of just like, just like being like, cause like just like with social media, like swirling and like you get all that information in almost like real time. Cause like, I mean, it was like 1130 and he's yeah. like, helicopter crashed it. It's just, just, I mean, it's just horrible. I mean, we're sitting here watching um, yeah. Kobe's last game um, where he had 60. Um, the season he retired, um, it's just horrible. I mean, it just seems surreal still. And then the fact that his daughter was on there too it just breaks my heart even worse. Yeah. And um, to your point about, um, you know, piecing it together yesterday, it's just kind of crazy how that stuff goes. Like, and weird way social media kind of puts us all on the same wavelength for a good like hour or two. Cause like you could tell by the tweets from everybody in the, the world, all, everybody, the, all the celebrities we're all piecing it together at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like, we all, I think initially felt like this was a fake storyline. I mean, we were hoping. Yeah. Or, yeah. At least at the very least hoping. Um, but when you see TMZ report first in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, and I mean, I don't know. A lot of people on Twitter, uh, I saw afterwards, they were like, you know, TMZ rarely misses. And I, I don't know. I guess I didn't realize that they were such a like reputable news source. But like, when you when you throw TMZ at me first, it makes me question it. Definitely. When I don't see ESPN yeah. or you know some other big time news source, especially in this world, Bleacher or whatever it may be. But um, yeah, no, it was. Oh man, it was a rough day, and I I didn't think it was gonna like affect me to that extent, really. Yeah. Everything. I mean, it's obviously terribly sad. Yeah. And I was, I thought I'd be like, you know, damn, that's, that's the worst. Like him and his daughter both. Like I'm, I'm very sorry for his whole family, but like it didn't really, re- it resonate with me too much until like all the videos on Twitter and like LeBron and him and D Wade joking around just sort of, I had legitimate tears coming out of my eyes. Yeah. Watching that video. It, it's just something that and, no one ever expects for. And the craziest thing is coming off the heels of, 12 hours, not even 12 hours yeah. before of LeBron passing him uh, for third all-time scoring. Uh, he, him, him just like it's already unreal. being in, in like the news cycle. And, and then he, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, I, I mean, I'm still at like a loss for words. Like looking at him yeah. on TV right now, it just still feels weird that he's uh, he's gone. Um, just senseless. Yeah. A helicopter crash. I mean, yeah. it was just in a flash, too. Like, it was just some story everybody got hit with immediately. There was no lead up. I, mean, I saw Dragonfly tweet that earlier. It was like, there was no time to gather your thoughts on, like, the idea of losing somebody like this 
recently left, leaving the game had this happen, you know. And still having so much in front of him, too. Oh, so much in front of him. He just, seems like the best version of himself at this point. Yeah, I mean, taking like, his actually, daughter courtside to NBA games, like his daughter was yeah. like on track to, like, to be like, oh a really gosh. good basketball player. The daughter stuff. It just that's the, the story just kept getting worse. It just keeps getting worse. And it uh, still keeps getting worse. And I'm sure something else is going to come out soon about the actual crash details once they've got a chance to investigate it. And we're you now it's just going to get harder. And like, you know, what I was saying earlier was just like, there's no end to this really in the near future because, you know, we're going to get down the road and we're going to get to Hall of Fame talk and we're going to get to people's talking form at Hall of Fame speech. We're going to get to funeral stuff. And it's just like, yeah. This is going to be an ordeal for the next. And I mean, this is this is going to be the craziest thing to happen in 2020, I think, without a doubt. And I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I, I still can't believe it because I mean, this guy. I mean, we're looking at him right now with Dirk, played with Tim Duncan, all of them at the same time, competing at a high level, and just like, I was just, I was so sad. And like watching his animated short, his Oscar, Oscar short, yeah. like that made me cry. And like, I didn't even like, I never even watched it before. But just watching it right then and there after that like wake of the death and then hearing everything he says about basketball is just – it's a lot to take in. It was a lot to handle. And, uh, you know, I think legacy-wise, I wanted to kind of chat about it because I think the main thing for him – like I think he's obviously an incredible basketball player, and I'm watching it right now. I mean, this is bringing back even more much. I forgot about this. He talks – they all say something during his Dear Kobe stuff. It's just yeah. terrible. But he was like – when you hear him talk, dude, he just – he was probably the one of the most intellectual basketball players I've ever seen talk. He was – you could tell how careful he was about everything he said. Yeah. He was so methodical and so, like, well-spoken for a basketball player. And, like, yeah. this he, is a guy that skipped in, college. Yeah. This dude did not go to college. He lived in – and I think, honestly, a lot of it, he lived abroad. He This guy was, like, cultured. Yeah. And, like, when he talked – He was he, truly, like, a, an ambassador dude, for, for and, the league and yeah. the game. Yeah. Uh, and when he stopped to say something, people like listened. people tuned in. I mean, it was like it was the words of a true, like you know, genius of the game, savant of his, you know, position. You know, he could he could do it all, and like his turnarounds, and he was just so silky and just like just the greatest. And like you know, it's gonna be the game's gonna miss him. He seemed like the guy. You know, I saw it on Twitter too. And it'll be around for a while and be around everybody. For forever around the organization, and mm-hmm. just to have that happen is just pretty bad. Yeah, I mean the the tweet I saw yesterday that like really made it like that kind of made me crack was it said uh, he couldn't even he didn't even have the time to give his Hall of Fame speech, mm-hmm. which is just like stabs you in the gut. Just like forty one years old, uh, four kids. He just had a kid like less than a year ago. Another one, yeah. Um, so bad. those. Yeah, those those three girls and his wife at home. I uh, just can't even imagine what they're going through, um, and uh, I mean it's just heartbreaking. Um, I mean his like mark that he left on the game. I mean, yeah, it, it's got to be one of the like it's it's such a like he, he's such as like a part of culture, yeah, like profound, it, yeah, like more than. Um, like more than just it's. I mean, it's more than just basketball. Yeah, it's more. It's like they say. It's like yeah. you know the cliche, but it's it rings it rings true here. And yeah. like and a lot of the and all the uh, you know all the reactions yesterday really blew me away. Like yeah. when I I flipped it on ESPN right after and like the Jay Williams talk and like 
certain ones really stick out. Like guys that those guys were like, but that was like, and that was like the most initial reactions. So like the emotions were fresh and like. What do you think about they about just, not canceling the the games? You think they should have canceled the games? Yesterday? I don't know. I couldn't make up my mind on that. I, I, think, I think, think it probably should have. I think it. I don't. I think you kind of have to throw those games out. I mean, as much as I would love to say that everybody could go out there and put on a brave face and play a game for Kobe, since that's what he would love for everybody to do, I guess, like they kept saying, it's like, can you really though? Like that's gonna be on your mind the entire game. You're not really gonna be as locked in as you normally would be. It, even when I watched that, Pel- I watched some of that Pelican Celtics game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, it was just dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there was an, hardly a noise in the building. Like when the guys were commentating, it sounded like they were the only people in the building. Yeah, like just talking to each other. Yeah. QB and whoever. Uh, and then, the you see, play and then when you see like players like Larry Nance just now, like an hour ago, had to go back to the locker room uh, tonight. Even uh, you know tonight, uh, mm. Monday night. And then Sunday night, you have players like Trey Young, uh, Bradley Beal, and then you got Coach Pop. Um, like you see what Pop said, he said, uh, "Yeah, long game, tough loss. Who cares? The only thing that people were really worried about is uh, the death of number twenty-four." Yeah, uh, which just I know, and I mean that's what I'm saying. It's like on the one hand, I can see the argument of like, "Oh, it's what Kobe would have wanted." But on the other hand, it's like these guys are shattered, and I mean it. When when uh I can't remember who said it was Charles Barkley when the when you consider the NBA is like what it is which is basically a fraternity of guys and you don't if if you don't think these guys are close and even the alum so to speak of the NBA aren't involved in these guys' lives then you're just dead wrong I mean these guys all got to know each other very well through the circuits of the basketball world and like there's no way that a lot of these younger guys did not have some sort of relationship with Kobe Bryant. And, like, yeah. it is going to tear them down when they're trying to play a basketball game. Yeah. And I don't know. I think the Lakers-Clippers one getting canceled was definitely probably the right call. But, yeah. Uh, uh, if you, didn't, if but you guys to, didn't know, the, the day that this will come out tomorrow on Tuesday, the Lakers and the Clippers were supposed to play their third game of the season. And it's been uh, postponed. Obviously a game um, played in Staples Center, which is, um, I mean, where Kobe played uh, his whole career. Um it's – I can't even imagine. I mean, LeBron hasn't even come out yet on social media. I was talking about that earlier, and I, I think he's so broken by this tragedy. I can't even imagine. Um, Especially given the circumstances given, of the yeah, night before. Like he, he – God. Him going through, uh, you know, all the emotions of passing one of his uh, his basketball idols. Yeah. Uh, one of his, uh, you know, ghosts that he was chasing his whole career. Um he finally, you know, he gets the chance to, um, you know, respect mm-hmm. Kobe in the way that he did and, and pass him in the all-time um, scoring. Mm-hmm. And then the morning after uh, a helicopter crash, I mean, I can't even imagine. But um, it's unreal, and like it still just seems I, so, I, like so, like surreal. Yeah, it's I, so I think crazy. it'll be on everybody's mind for the next week or so. At oh least. yeah, I know it will be on mine. I when you get a death like this it really starts to make you just like think really hard. Cause this guy's 41 years old and it's, and his daughter was 13. Her whole, her life, whole life was ahead of her. And think about and like, she was going to be in a good basketball player yeah, and play for a long time and probably, probably a WNBA league. And it's just, it's just shattering to the whole community, to the whole world. And like, I just, I was, I was so down yesterday and I, like I said, I, the emotions overcame me a few times, and I didn't think it would. 
And yeah. But it really it's just it really hit yeah. home with like it really hit like people like people's raw like emotions, just yeah. like the suddenness of it. Um it's yeah, terrible. Yeah, it I mean, just and you think about players like, like think about Vince Carter, he's forty three years old. Vince, yeah, Vince Carter. And Kobe's like, forty one. And I saw it earlier that he was talking about it. He was like, dude, Kobe and I we literally play ball like through every level. They play ball through every level together. Yeah. They played each other in AAU tournaments. Yeah, I can't. These guys were in the same circuit their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Except for, I mean, I guess college. But, you know, yeah. he went, what you know, he was right to the NBA pretty quick. Yeah. So, it's just like, I, I just can't imagine the emotions of a player that's gone against, that you've gone against your entire career and that you've probably grown to build a pretty good relationship with just pass away so fast like that, so suddenly and like, uh, that was pretty classy. Um, the Mavs, they retired his jersey, or his number, his 24. Yeah, that, that should be league-wide. That should be league-wide, for, sure. for sure. But, uh, I mean, you think about the Mavs, that was like their their long-time rival, their long-time adversary, like, for so many mm-hmm. years. Yeah. That was the team and them, and that was like the two two or three, one of the handful of teams that was pretty lead around that time period. You know, you got yeah. Dirk and Nash for a little while. So, I mean, you know, it's just, like we said earlier, it's bigger than the sport at hand. It, it is, and it, but I mean, it's also kind of makes you appreciate sports in a way because, I mean, these are the kind of things that make everybody kind of just chill for a minute and like not be so yeah hating hating on each other every day of the week on yeah. social media. Mark we Cuban, can all kind of get together. Mark Cuban tweeted out today that he believes it's it's really brought together, um, like the the sport and and the world just as a community, um, back through his death, which yeah. Um, you know, as untimely as it is, uh, is a, a good thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of brokenness and uh, messed up stuff in this world. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of sad that, uh, you know, a legend like this, uh, Something icon like this, like has, this to happen. has to happen for, right. um, uh, for people to wake up a little bit, wake up. But, It'll make you stop and think for sure. The busyness of everything. Yeah. And, uh, put, uh it puts it all in perspective. So, Yeah. I was shattered, and you know we're we're losing a really good one here. And I mean, the react some of the other reactions kind of blew me away. Like I got like Colin Coward that I never see. Like <laughs> I mean, he gets so much hate, and like he never yeah. gets emotional about anything. Yeah. But like towards the end of that Kobe, when he cut the break, like like he was sobbing. Like people couldn't hold back the emotions talking about it, and it takes a strong journalist. I think the way a lot of these guys probably knew him, especially living in the LA area mm-hmm. to like hold back your emotions when you've gotten probably to know this guy in locker rooms for your entire career. And I mean, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's just gone like that. And in such a freaking senseless accident on a helicopter. I mean, it's just, and I read about it earlier. It was sort of like a, they're, they're thinking fog. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're still looking into it. So, but, and I mean, he flew that thing everywhere. Yeah, it was, like I his, saw the, it was like his vehicle. I saw the clip. The clip today I saw it was, it was of why he uh, rode the helicopter. See this? He uh, basically they asked Kobe why he uh, like how he you know like manages his uh, like time management um, with his life and with his family. Yeah, um, and he says that um, he said, "Well, I I wanted to take my girls to school. I wanted to um, be at their games and be at their basketball practice. This is like why he's in the league." Yeah. He's like, "So I, you know." 
I can't spend all my time in traffic. If I mean, if you know anything about LA, you know the the traffic's uh, not great. Um, some of the worst in the world. What but, I what I hear, yeah. Um, yeah. So he would fly his helicopter um, to work out, to practice, and then he said I could be back in my house in ten minutes, so I can go pick the girls up from school. So yeah. I could go do this. Could be a dad. Um, yeah. So it the the helicopter was Sorry. a was a, a, a you know an aid for him to do the things that he loved and to um, be with the ones he loved. And it's yeah. just a shame that, uh, I mean, people die in car crashes, um, people die in helicopter accidents, just, uh, anything going to happen. Stuff just like wish, this. uh, life is fleeting. Um, and you yeah. never know, um, what's going to happen. So say, tell your loved ones that you love them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else on the, on the mm, Kobe front? No, I don't. You never know when your time is up and you know, sometimes it's, comes quicker than you expect so tragedies happen every day people come down with ailments of any kind and there's crazy accidents like this so yeah i think just kind of puts everything in perspective for us it's bigger than basketball it's bigger than his legacy it's bigger than who he's better than and who who's better than him it's just it's life and death at this point it's real life so that's all i've got for him that's pretty pretty sad stuff but uh on a lighter topic that has kind of kept everybody i think so, oh we'll be right back and we're back um staying on the nba for now we've got a uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the other biggest story of the past week not that there could be another story as crazy as that one and heartbreaking but on a lighter and hap- more uh, exciting note zon williamson has burst onto the scene so to speak at this really? point Thrusted himself onto uh, yeah. the NBA scene. It was, it was exciting was, to watch. Yeah. I saw that first game. Dude, all right. So I'm going to be honest. I flipped it off for a while. I was going to like go to bed, and then I was like, I can't go to sleep. So I turned it back on, and I watched him kind of go through his his little spill there. He got he started knocking him down. Uh, it was pretty exciting stuff. You know, they, I, I'm not going to say I blame the Spurs for playing that defense against him. It's like if you're going to take a shot against him, you, you're going to let him have that one. Yeah. Of, of the ones you could give him, that's the best one available of his arsenal. Yeah. But, you know, he made him pay. Credit to him on the three-point shots there down the uh, – because he'd been, you know, sort of struggling. It wasn't going incredibly well. well yeah, he's he was like probably a little nervous. A quarter yeah, he's playing like four-minute increments, which is not yeah. good. And, uh, I mean, he, had, he had two points, I think, going into the, the, the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm not then, sure what the numbers looked like for sure. but Yeah, and then he – he had like it, it was incredible. I mean, you've been waiting on this guy. I mean, you've been hearing about him. I mean, you, you watched him in his years, Duke. Uh, yeah, and then dominant. you know, you I mean, we're almost to the All Star break now, and he still hasn't made his debut. And then yeah. you know, his debut, and then he goes out, and um, you know, he struggles a little bit. He uh, he's not really that assertive, or like it's not like he's missing no. a bunch of shots, but it just he's kind of just like out there. Yeah, feel like. but I think that's Zon too. I think he's such a like. I mean, he's such a good kid. He's such a good dude. Yeah. And, like, I think with him it was like he didn't want to interject himself into a a team that's kind of doing better as of late and, like, was tr- probably trying to kind of not steal the show from the actual team and, like, yeah. probably just trying to play within the offense. And, honestly, probably above all else, probably just very nervous. I mean, this is his first NBA game. This guy's a kid, literally, younger than us. Yeah. He's a – monster space jam monster but truthfully truthfully and i think more than anything he was just trying to 
stay within himself and not be like, oh, it's Zahn. Get feed him every time. You know, yeah. he's trying to just play within the offense. And but you know, he uh, he kind of hid for a minute. But a guy like that can't hide very long. He's no. too big and too strong. So yeah. and he hit some shots down the stretch, and uh, it was fun. I'm still I'm still really waiting and hoping to see the big like. The thunderous Zion moment, you know, uh, it'll, and he's kind of he's kind of making his weight a little bit. You got to catch that a in few. his second game with that block. He sent yeah. one into the third. The block row. was block was pretty awesome. Uh, his first <laughs> went a long way. His first dunk was alley oop. I mean, just a standard alley oop. Nothing, nothing yeah. very Zion esque. Yeah, but uh, we got to see him on the break soon. The <laughs> the Spurs were obviously giving him those jump shots. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, there because I mean, the, it was in the game plan to give him those shots. Th- the biggest thing for him was, I mean, he doesn't have like a, a true, true jumper, and it ain't pretty. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> it uh, is not pretty. Jimmy Whitman, it I is your classic pretty. linebacker yeah. jump shot in P. Uh, <laughs> it is not uh, a fluid, pure it's, it's shot. It's than Draymond Green's. I'll give him that. Okay, but, but he's still um, got the backpack vibe going. Yeah, that's they have the same energy. <laughs> they sure. definitely have the same type <laughs> beat on that shot. Um, but, but watching. Like he made one, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is pretty. This is pretty cool." Everyone kind of went it was nuts. A and shot. then he got wi- wide open again. Oh, they'll give him. They gave him like ten feet of space. Yeah, on the was, first like three, and yeah. they were probably like, "Okay, yeah. now we kind of got to come up on him." And a then he bit. hit four in a row, which is just. I mean, it was just great television. Oh yeah, um, they need. Oh, the NBA needed that. The NBA needed that little. Uh, <laughs> ESPN little, needed that that yeah, night. That was. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, it was kind of, I mean, him making the the first four, four threes he shoots in the NBA is just funny. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was wild to yeah. watch, and everyone was losing their minds. It was I mean, a blast. They started chanting, "We want Zion!" when they took him out of the game mm-hmm. down the stretch. I think it'll be. I think it was very big of them to make that decision. Very strong of them to resist the definite urge to keep that guy yeah. out there, especially in the New Orleans Pelicans. You're not exactly a marquee franchise you need you whatever you got to have your market out there your marketability on the floor at all times but it's like eventually or at the end of the day it's about his own health and i think they made the right decision i think i think it's smart to continue to monitor him i mean i'm oh, sure they'll yeah. i'm sure it'll start to upgrade more and more as the year goes by they and, asked him uh, they asked alvin gentry their coach uh before the game they're like, is he on a minutes restriction and he said no which everyone thought was kind of weird but yeah. then, I mean, obviously he's on a minutes restriction. Mm. Like it, it'd be a lot more concerning if, if he wasn't on a minutes yeah. like, uh, restriction. Um, Just given all the knee-type tragedies we've seen in yeah. the last couple of years. Um, I mean, if, you're, if you got Bob a Myers guy, crying. If you got a t- Bob Myers, oh, my gosh. Which was um, bad. Not, a, not the same situation or anything. Yeah, that was but, funny, though. But knee stuff. Just knee stuff in general yeah. um, is obviously always going to be a like, concern. The last thing that you want if you're the Pelicans is for a guy – like your your supposed future, um, and like like your your the next big thing in the NBA period, yeah. To rush him into an injury prone career, like you want to make sure he's a million percent healthy, yeah. and ready to rock. You need the foundation before, ready, yeah. The health I mean, foundation, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was exciting to watch. Without getting too far off of Zion, because I, I want to keep talking about Zion, I want to touch on just how much I hate Jeff Van Gundy. Oh yeah. Because I hate him a lot after that. Well, he literally him and Mark Jackson infuriated me. Okay, I'll give it to Mark Jackson. He at least didn't come out with this stuff at the end. 
towards the end of the game, you know, everybody's having a great time, and you know, Zion's playing great basketball. Social media is on fire. Yeah, like, it's yeah. the greatest thing that's going to happen for the NBA that week. Yeah, and the play-by-play guy was like, "Wow, like I can't believe this," and he's like, "And something happens. I can't remember what happens. The Spurs make a play, they score, they 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 make a good stop, whatever." He goes, "Well, I'm glad the the Spurs have realized the true meaning of the actual game, which is." The end game being winning the game. I was like, dude, shut up. We all and, and even the play by play guy, I was like, thank you for saying this. The guy was like, come on, man. You and I both know. He said, Are you really gonna remember who won this game two years from now when we all talk about it? He's like, Yeah, man, I'll remember who won the game. I was like, You need to shut up, Jeff. Yeah. Like I mean, this is about Zion Williamson and there's nothing else this game is. Generational about. athlete making his NBA debut. Like no one is talking. No at least generational hyped athlete. Yes, yes. he's got a. I mean, he's he's definitely got a, got a long to way to go. But uh, at least as far as hype as hype trains are concerned, it's a generational hype train. Yeah, and I mean, you he, know damn well you're not going to remember who won this game. Jeff. People have been talking about his or care for a week now, and no one yeah. talked about who won or who lost. It's about who Zion breaking onto the scene. I mean, granted, they. I mean. That's just like what yeah. gets clicks, but I mean, it, it yeah. was. I mean, it was exciting. But this to is pre All Star break, January NBA, and you're going to look at me and tell me that you really care that who's going to win this night, game. That January twenty second, whatever uh, Wednesday night or whatever uh, NBA game in yeah. January, we're not going to remember. You know, the Spurs Pelicans um, win yeah. loss. We're going to remember Zion. Exactly. I guess you have to be. You have to have the one guy like that. I guess. Yeah. One contrarian in the room. One contrarian in the booth to say, "Well, I, you know, this is great and all, but you know, eventually someone's going to win this game." Jeff. I mean, just being a nerd—that's <laughs> fine. You can do yeah, that if you want. I mean, yeah, he is just not my favorite. And you know, Mark—he leaves a lot to be desired, but he's at least not as much of a tragedy to me as Jeff. Yeah, it's just—I don't—I don't. I don't, I don't they know need how, help in the booth. I don't though. know how people haven't seen like the TNT model with Chuck Shuck, Chuck. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Mr. Chuckles uh, and Shaq. Yeah. Mr. Your Ch- name, Chuck. Charles Barkley, Shaq, um, and Kenny, and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ernie. Ernie, of course. Yeah. Um, they love Ernie. Um, yeah, they love Ernie. Uh, it's like the mediator how, how, how in the room. I've not seen that like model. Like, well, just taking the old goofy players that love talking about basketball. And just like putting them out there instead of like, I mean, obviously like Mark Jackson played. Yeah. Um, but there's also not a lot of Chuck and Shacks running I guess around. Yeah. Yeah. They try to make Jalen Rose that guy, but he's not that guy. Yeah. I'm out. He's not funny. Uh, Chauncey Billups is not funny. No. And I mean, Paul I don't Pierce know. They're just, funny. and they're not even really that good at analysts either. So no, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you're really not checking they're either just, box. Like, say stuff, which I guess Beatles is, there, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. She's whatever. Um, but, yeah. anyways. Coming back to Zion, I guess, because I, I did want to talk about it a little bit more. What you, I still what, have a little bit of concern about what's, it. What's your? And I'll uh, tell you what it is. Okay, tell this kind of comes back, and this is going to be something I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this next little talk here. This kind of comes back to my big guy talk of like, oh, I don't know if your best guy can be a big guy and you still be a guy. And I know he's not your standard big guy, but when I look at him and I see him out there, he's just so thick and large and like. Not overly like I mean he's he's got obviously an incredible athletic ability, but he's not overly quick. His first step isn't exactly lightning or anything. No. So and it's like I don't know I I don't know if I see him taking that many guys off the dribble unless he just bodies them really hard. Mm-hmm. But I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of big guys in this league. This isn't he's not playing NC State anymore. 
I mean, this is the NBA. So I don't know. I just the, in the back of my mind, I, I want to say, you know, I, I want to be really happy about it, and I like the guy obviously a ton, and I think he's awesome. But I do have certain hesitations about it, and I think that's one of them. Is like if he's not making threes like that all the time, which he's not going to be all the time. Yeah. And he's not able to dominate the same way he was in college physically. I just kind of start to wonder a little bit what he'll be like long term. That's that was gonna be my question is what is your your long term like ceiling for him? I mean, it's obviously hard to tell. He's played two NBA. It is games. hard to tell. But it's uh, like when you're a win, when you got a guy like and I mean, these are obviously massive shooters. You guys like guys like LeBron that can take you off the dribble, they can pass the ball again. And Zion can pass the ball, don't get me wrong. He's got good vision. He put a but, dime so yeah, on this. He can put some he can put some passes on a string. But when you got certain guys like that that I feel more confident with dribbling the basketball and handling the offense. I see them more as like potential like Mount Rushmore guys than I see as Zion Williamson being. Whereas I see him being I don't know. I, I don't know. He's played three games. That's yeah. hard to say. I, I that was my like that's like my initial concern is just like well, my, what he can fully do at the end of the day. My concern watching it was um, like what like what what position does he play? Like because he's 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 not too big, but he's almost too big to play the three. because he, he can't really dribble the ball like that. He's he, not off the dribble guy, and he's not like I mean, even though he's four for four from three in the NBA, like he's not a sharp. Shooter. He's not a sharp shooter by any means at this point. Oh, and don't forget, he can't make free throws. Yeah, which is a he's, huge problem. He's got the LeBron. Hubie touched on that the other day yeah. on the small snippet I saw on Sunday. It's like he said this, and it was like you know, you know damn well this guy's gonna get fouled quite a bit quite in a his lot. career. Yeah. If he's not able to hit a free throw shot, we got a problem. He's now got, that's something he can develop, obviously. Yeah, but, uh, that's, and LeBron. That's, he's still LeBron still can't make free, free throws. Shooter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he 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 can't play. Like he, I mean. And then the four, I mean, the four, you got to go guard. Like, Anthony Davis is a four. Yeah. Like, he, like he, he's not big enough to play the four. No. I mean, Rudy. I mean, not tall enough, at least. Yeah, I mean. He, he can body physically some people. But. Yeah, I mean, then again, maybe he is. But, um, I mean, that, that was my biggest question is where does he fit inside, like, an offense? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, then again, it is positionless basketball. I was about to say. I guess it's um, modern NBA. Yeah. You run him at the five, you get a lot faster, more agile lineup where you get that small ball stuff run, going on. Probably run Brandon. Brand, if you're going small but ball. If you're going that small, you got to have like – like, like, that, like that was like the Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was their like death lineup. But it was like everybody on the court can make a three. Yeah, literally, yeah. yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I can't remember if I can yeah. say the same thing about this team constructed currently. Yeah, I mean, you have – I mean, yeah, their small ball lineup would probably go like Brandon Ingram, and then at the five, and then Zion, Zion, Zion oh, at the oh, four. You think, you think it'd be that way? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess hey, interchangeably. I mean, I don't yeah, know. it wouldn't really matter, I guess, in that uh, situation. And then JJ Redick and Josh Hart and Lonzo, I guess, or I guess, and then if you wanted to, you have Jackson you got, Hayes. You got Josh and um, or JJ. No. You can kick it to out there. Yeah, but then you have I'm forgetting about. Um, oh, uh, Drew. Yeah, Drew Holiday. You, I mean, you gotta have yeah. him in there. Um, yeah, I mean he's a stud. Yeah. So I guess, but but then if you have Drew Holiday in there, what do you put Zion at the two? No, definitely not. Uh, I mean he's got to play the four or the five if we're talking like small ball lineups. Yeah. But I will say there are certain things I really do like about that building team. I like that Jackson Hayes guy a lot. I, I love Jackson. He Hayes. can ball. Uh, but 
You know, yeah, but Zion on his own specifically, because obviously that's the big story. Not the, not really like Pelicans' potential lineups. Yeah, yeah. I guess nobody's really too concerned with them yet. Yeah, but they're like, Zion, they're like the eleven seed in the West. <laughs> yeah, we're over like, what, what kind of lineup can they be most effective in? Like, no, I don't guess anybody's really too concerned with that. But Zion himself, you know, it's just going to be one of those things. I like we said, it, it. It's not like he's a finished product by any means. Let's no, not, let's not get that misconstrued. Yeah. He's, He's got a long way to go. He's got, you know, a lot of developing to do in this league. This is not the same game that he can dominate physically. There's a lot of guys that are athletic, too, in this NBA. So, I think it'll be uh, interesting to see. He's going to be definitely a storyline to watch. What do you think about uh, the rookie of the year race? Do you think he has time? What does he have to do to catch up to John Morant? Mm, That's a tough question. Um, He's got a – I don't think he can. I, I don't think he can either. I but I will say, if 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 in some weird scenario, if there was a way, he has to be like a twenty and six guy the rest of the year. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, at least. At least, yeah. To catch him. Yeah, but he, he, and make like, but like, here's the thing: people remember like crazy highlights. And Jaws giving us those. Though. And but Zion can give them to us too. Yeah. So. I'm not going to shut the door on it completely because you know the media as well as I do. Oh, yeah. If he does as much things right these next few months and does something wild and everybody raises their eyebrows, you know, we'll probably be having a different conversation come come March. But, yeah. I know, don't think he's going to play But it's still going to be very hard to do. I don't think he's going to play enough minutes to catch up to Jaw because, mm-hmm. I mean, even Jaw is on a, a, a restricted minutes uh, yeah. lineup with the, with the Grizzlies. But, uh, I mean, because he fell into that reporter. But, uh, and, you know why? Why ruin your best asset? Once again, yeah. yeah. Why? Why uh, even risk it? Why push him too hard? You know. Yeah. Um. But. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see a way he catches up to, to Jaw. Um. It, it's kind of the same situation as, um, when you had Luca and Trey Young two years ago, and or I guess it was last year. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Um, God, he's a he was just a rookie last year. It's hard to believe. Yeah, that's crazy. The steps he's already taken. Um, yeah, and you have Luca, you know, and then Trey Young caught fire after the All Star break. Yeah, um, and people were making the case for Trey Young, but I mean, it was it was pretty much already wrapped up. Um, yeah, that's I mean, true. It is Rookie of the Year, and Zion missed half that year. So. It would be very hard, I think, for anybody on Zion's side to make that argument. It would be, it would take a strong case, and it's going to be up to him. Uh, but yeah, I thought he played well. Uh, I'm excited to see what's left for him. Uh, but that was pretty wild. That was an awesome scene. Uh, yeah. Other than that, in the NBA world, we saw uh, Delonte West in a very unfortunate situation. Unfortunate situation. If you uh, don't know, Delonte West, um, ex Cleveland Cavalier. Uh, he played with LeBron in the early stages. He was, was a quality like, NBA starter. Yeah, for a while. was a NBA starting guard. Um, played with LeBron in his early stints uh, with the Cavaliers. Uh, video went viral uh, of him earlier in the week where I thought it was just like a lookalike of Delonte West. I thought people were just because you never know on Twitter, you know. Yeah, I know. I did. I did the, too. The tweet I thought it was a fake guy. I thought it was just a dude. And they're like, "Oh wow, can you believe Delonte West?" Like, oh. Yeah. But he just looked like him. Yeah. Right. The, the, the tweet I originally saw, it, it said, uh, like, somebody come get your man, Delonte West. Um, so I was like, oh, well, it's not actually Delonte. But, no, um, yeah, you wouldn't think he, that. The video is of him uh, mumbling on, shirtless, sitting on a curb of a road. Um, 
and all the tattoos matched up and stuff. So, I mean, it, it in fact was him. And he was ranting about how he was the real government and how he was uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. I believe that's what he said. Which is a pretty hot take. Yeah. Uh, pretty strong to say that you're that you another individual in the else. world. Yeah. Um, not a good saying. <laughs> quite, um, a sh- quite a reach there. Let's see. So he was rumored to be sleeping with LeBron James's mother. How confirmed are we on that storyline? Uh, I mean, Twitter confirmed it. So, well, then, it, so we're <laughs> talking very true. confirmed then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's thirty six years old. Uh, I mean, it, it it was a weird, it was a weird video. It made me sad to see like someone that I had like grown up watching one of my favorite players play, um, like in LeBron, and then one of his teammates being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like in situation. that state, yeah, in that situation of like, yeah, because like, I guess you always just think about like, oh, the, you know, these guys on TV, you know, they make so much money and they don't have, like, you never think about like the, like the problems and like stuff they go through, but um, yeah, I mean, he obviously has spiraled down the path of an addiction of sorts. Yeah, not sure what it is. Um, I'll assume it's some sort of crack heroin type situation, but he um, very obviously has lost his way and um if you haven't seen the footage i i mean i don't i guess i don't necessarily recommend you go watch it because it's pretty depressing but uh it's definitely crazy enough to be like wow you know it's amazing how a guy that at one point in his life was making millions of dollars is uh you know now on this sidewalk screaming like that bloody murder yeah and i mean that's obviously a sign of something some yeah. sort of mental illness, not even just drug related. I mean, he, uh, it's obviously probably been heightened by some sort of extreme drug use throughout the last two to three years, but he's definitely got some sort of mental health issue on, on hand. Uh, and it was pretty sad. He was, uh, he was in a really bad state. Um, yeah, I mean, his, his best, uh, kind of getting on depressing note again. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we're not trying to depress you. Um, <laughs> There's some fun stuff. Um, but his, his, he played for the Cavs uh, from 2007 to 2010, came into the league at 2004 and left in 2012. Uh, yeah. Started out with the Celtics and left with the Mavericks. Um, but just a, just a sad state of affairs for Mr. West. Um, yeah. Around the NBA also. Um, we have Victor Oladipo's return coming soon. To oh the yeah, Pacers would yeah. make them um, already. I mean, already contenders in uh, yeah. the Eastern Conference. They're pretty viable. Yeah, I would say, um, especially in that you know in that side of the in that side of the league. You know, there's always room for somebody over there. It seems like. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. Um, he's a guy I like a lot. I've always enjoyed watching him play. He's got a good bounce and. Can hit a jumper, and I mean, you know, he's a likable guy too. Oh yeah, very likable yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, reminds me of Donovan a little bit. Yeah, game wise and kind of personality wise. Yeah, Donovan's definitely Donovan. Tough, yeah. yeah, Donovan definitely is like more like overflowing with like emotional stuff, and definitely like wears his emotions on his sleeve type situation mm-hmm. with reporters and stuff. But but he's also like a very optimistic and very happy guy, and that's kind of what the vibe I get from Old Depot. So. It'll be good to see him back out there. Um, you know, they got a lot of good pieces. They got I mean Sabonis is still playing well to my understanding. Bogdanovich. Uh, Bogdanovich is kind of a stud. Um Miles Turner. Miles Turner. He's always, you know, got the potential to do whatever he yeah, wants to do. He can kind of do it all. He can pull out and take a shot. So 
they'll be interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, NBA wise, it was a pretty, uh, pretty good week as far as, uh, storylines, except yeah. for the very depressing and heartbreaking one. But, uh, uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, we'll uh, come back with a uh, ranking for you all. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, we're back. Hello. Um, with a little uh, all-star NBA update. Um, mm-hmm. This past week in the NBA, the NBA all-star game starters, starters. were announced. When were the reserves released? Do we know about that yet? Uh, I'm sh- I don't think those – People are out yet. They're not out yet. But um, I'm assuming it'll be within the next yeah. week or so. But this is the third year that the, all, the NBA has switched to the new all-star format where yeah. the starters are voted in um, and the, Picked by captains. the captains are voted in by fan vote. Mm-hmm. And the captains pick not even according to West or East. They just pick their players. Yep. Um, and I love it. Yeah, no, I really enjoy that. I think it's I think, awesome. I think it's gone really well. And I always have to stop myself from thinking about the old format because when I first saw the starters of each side, I was like, holy shit, the West is about to kick the hell out of the East. Yeah. But then I have to remind myself, okay, they're not going to draft the, the players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, the West is so loaded. This isn't yeah. even going to be close. <laughs> and so we'll start, but yeah, we'll start with the West all-starters. So we have – Because they're way more interesting. Yeah. Way more. Um, so we have LeBron James, captain. Obviously. Um, obviously. It was a close race between him and Luka, though. Um, that would have been. But LeBron pulled away towards, towards the end. NBA so, needs to step in and rig that if that's how that yeah. happens. So LeBron James, the captain, uh, Kawhi Leonard, James right, Harden, so. Luka Doncic, and Anthony Davis. The LeBron soundbite earlier this week made me laugh, where he said, oh, yeah. AD, and they were like, are you going to draft him first? He goes, I don't know. I don't know if I really like him that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. LeBron got accused of some tampering last year around this time. Funny LeBron moment. I'll yeah. give him that. I'll give him uh, his comedy on that. LeBron was captain. This is It's the year three of three uh, for LeBron to be captain of the West. Um, and last year he picked Anthony Davis first before they were on uh, teams together. Um, everyone at that point was already speculating. Oh, yeah. The trade and everything. That drew some real um, criticism. Yeah, so that drew some stuff. But So you have Kawhi LeBron, James Harden. LeBron is funnier than I used to give him credit for. Yeah. He does funny stuff. The Taco Tuesday stuff got like corny after a while, but like there's some funny ones that I enjoyed actually. No, yeah, I mean you gotta love LeBron. <laughs> you uh, gotta love, but he's he's always been kind of corny. But like he's got his funny moments. Yeah, he loves to self-indulge. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, but I mean he's you got to think, about, you gotta think about where he's come from. I mean he's. He's this. He's this kid from. Ak- he's the kid from Akron, he's bro. He's the kid from Akron. He's the man, he's the man in the arena. He rides on his shoes every night. The man in the arena. Um, oh my gosh! And man he, in the he, arena. He, he's been dating the same girl since he was in high school, and and now they're married with three kids, and and he's one of the. He's the most successful athlete that's still playing. Well, he's taking some step forwards in comedy, so I'm yeah. I'm happy for that. Um. So you have then in the East, you have Giannis as the captain with Embiid. Pascal Siakam, Kimba Walker, and Trey Young, which is a a tough a tough step off. That's a tough scene from the West. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's the, just that's just the way it is right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been no secret for the last eight years that yeah. the the West. Uh, I mean, even when LeBron was in the East with the Cavs and the Heat, uh, it was no secret the West was better. Uh, it probably aided to LeBron's I, eight year in a row finals run uh, with the yeah. East being. You know, just a little, a, a step below. I just want to say, I don't know 
if this trend will be ending anytime soon, like why would you not want to live in the most beautiful part of the country on the West Coast? Yeah. And I mean, I know it's not all the West Coast, but you you size it up and you look at where the West cities are, they're all quality of living wise better places to live than those places on the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, all if you live in New all- York, all you're getting is a high cost of living in a cold, desolate town yeah. with a bunch of just just concrete jungle. Who wants to live there? It's yeah. terrible. And then at least in the you know you still have the same I guess if we're going the cost of living right you still have the same cost of living stuff like in California but all four California teams the Warriors the Kings the Lakers and the Clippers they're all yeah. in the Western Conference like those are ideal spots you have the cost of living but you also live yeah. on the coast and it's yeah. beautiful like you get the you get the weather yeah. so you know I, I mean the, the it's most just certain things the most like scenic uh, like like play L A esque place to live like. For an Eastern Conference team, will probably be like what Miami. Probably be the most attractive destination. Yeah, yeah. Miami. Or I mean, York. Miami's lost a little bit of its flair. It seems like these days. Yeah. I mean, it used to be really cool, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the trend of it being really a great place is sort of falling off. Seems kind of like a little bit of seems, the, the wild wild east. Yeah. Seems like there's some issues down there. So I don't know. But that was just a general thought. But overall. All things considered, the East definitely – the West players definitely outweigh the East as far as talent is concerned. But um, like we said, it's a pool of players, so it doesn't even matter. doesn't even matter. It's just going to be LeBron and Giannis. Uh, they'll televise that for the second year. They didn't televise it the first the draft yeah. uh, the first year, which is a mistake, and everyone knew it was a mistake. So the <laughs> last year they, yeah. uh, they, they televised the draft um, of the All-Star pool. Um, Smart move. Yeah. Very smart move. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Doesn't take a genius to figure no, that out. No, it was, it was fun to watch. Um, you got all that you stuff. Know, you, got uh, a, you got a couple tampering jokes last year out of LeBron. Comical stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But so now we'll move into our list of the podcast, our top yeah. three favorite NBA players that are not categorically uh, superstars. Superstars. Top three lists, or really, there's no certain number of constraint involved but lists of that of any nature will be come a common become a common theme within this yeah. podcast we believe within the next few weeks so that's something we think you all will enjoy telling us we're wrong about and make fun of us about and tell yeah. us we're idiots and Inter- that's that's okay interact with us on twitter that's what we want uh, we really we will little chuck 543 and uh, Grant, he's 42. I believe it's still my name at this yes, point. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, hit us up on twitter yeah. uh, dispute our top 3 lists. Uh, just let us know what you think. Um, what is up? Um, so you can start. Our, okay, I'll, I'll begin. Our yeah. Grant's first. Um, Do we want to go in ascending or descending order, Chuck? Um, do you want me to go back to front or front to back on this one? How do you want me to? How do you want me to run this situation? I, I don't know if I have a particular order. Okay, so all right. I'm gonna go. Uh, you don't. Okay, yeah. You, I guess you could say it's kind of no particular order. Yeah. Well, yeah I didn't we'll really have one in mind. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna say though that this is probably three to one for me. Uh, let me get it pulled up. All right, so I've got as my third in the rear, rounding out the end of my rankings. I'm gonna go to the number one position. Number three is Lou Williams for me. Lou Williams. I'm a personally a Mr. Six Man. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Lou Williams. I think he is. I think he just does a lot of things the right way. I've heard a few of his sound bites. I think he's a just an all-around classy guy and, you know, just one of those guys that I think is just a team-first guy. I mean, you probably said that about a lot of six men. Yeah. 
But I think in his situation, even more so, he's just such a he's such a microwave, and he's so, and he just, but he doesn't seem like he needs that to be, you know, who he is to affect the game. Yeah, certain people, you know, Jamal probably kind of boils down to what he can do as far as scoring. But I think Lou Williams just as a dude and like as a personality on the court, he kind of a uh, that's sort of stuff overflows, and he becomes a team guy out there. Uh, I think he'd do it off of the team. <laughs> we're, uh, but uh, yeah, I I love I him out think, there. Yeah, I, I think Lou Williams is. Uh, it's gonna be. I mean, this year. I mean, he's he's won probably three out of the last five, six men of the year. It's something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially I mean, he'll be in the uh, in the limelight. Come, come this in the, yeah. end of the NBA season with the Clippers, yeah, uh, making the run of the title. He just seems like a selfless guy to me. Um, yeah. I've always liked his game. I've always liked uh, just his press conferences and the way he carries himself. So uh, he seems like a real one, really authentic guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna let you take one, and then I'm gonna come back on yeah. mine. Um, so my first one will be. Uh, Nikolai Vucevic. Oh, we're back. We're back the, on the magic. Of the, Orla- magic of the Orlando Magic. Chucky um, Magic. One of my favorite teams in the NBA is the Orlando Magic. They are uh, they were the eighth seed last year in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, they're a thrilling team to watch, especially now with uh, the resurgence of Markel Fultz. Um, <laughs> but Nikolai Vucevic has really been that cornerstone um, of that team. He's an all-star, and I wanted him to come play for the Lakers last year. Um He's just a uh, like four or five guy on the floor. Uh, he shoots threes. He distributes the ball well. He plays good defense. And for some reason, I don't know. I've always just been a, a big fan. I don't yeah. Know, I mean, a lot of people probably don't even know um, <laughs> really, really who that is. But any Magic game that um, I can get get to watch and put and put it in front of me, um, I watch because for some reason I'm really captivated by uh, the way he plays and the way that um, that team um, has evolved, even with. Um, the the uh, whatever his name is, their coach last year uh, now coaches the Los Angeles Lakers. Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel. Thank you. Um, yeah, he bounced. Yeah, um, got a little bit better gig. So yeah, a little say. little better gig. Um, <laughs> magic to Lakers. But what is your number two? I uh, I'm taking the stance on someone that I think most of our listenership, viewership, whatever you want to call it, will uh, identify with. Uh, Zach Randolph. The grit and grind grizzly. Yeah. To me, he exemplifies everything that that, uh, you know, that whole fad stood for. And I, I'm, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he kind of, he may have, did he coin it? No, Tony Allen coined it, didn't he? Yeah. The, the initial I mean, phrase. Yeah. But to me, Zach Randolph was the embodiment of it. Like yeah. he, he was grit and grind. He grinded down low. He, uh, he always had something to say to somebody. And, Everybody loved him for it, but it, he was also just like a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he just – I liked it. And he also – his game really developed as like yeah. – as he kind of – as things got to go in there and they took down that upset of uh, – I believe it was the Spurs, right? When it was the eight and one. Yeah. And it was wild. That's we all jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, and they were a fun team to watch. I believe that was the same year. See, the Thunder took them down. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot That of was good, the Thunder heat There was just year. a lot of good playoff series. Um yeah. Like through that team because us growing up, like a, less than an hour away from Memphis, uh, yeah, went to a few little back games. Um, we used to go every year for my buddy. Shout out Daniel Allen's birthday parties. 
<laughs> we would go to a Memphis uh, playoff game. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Must have been um, sick, Daniel. Must yeah. have been a fun birthday party, man. It was a lot of fun. How many uh, schooled children? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got an invite. It man. was the that's unfortunate. It was a four to one uh, homeschool to public school ratio on those birthday parties. Oh. Uh, um, but my second player would have to be uh, a lot of good Memphis players to choose. I knew I couldn't um, pick a top three yeah. without a grit grind player on there. So I'm going to say Mike Conley. Yeah. Um, been all-star snubbed year after year. Um, it's, bad a, for it's a little past that moment for him, but he's just the overall good guy. Exemplifies exemplifies um, just the uh, like a, an all-star point guard. I mean, he led those he led those teams. Class um, act. Yeah, he's just a class act and a good point guard. He summed it up, and uh, God, he's gonna go his whole career without an all-star appearance, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, so, much, it's pretty much over now. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of past the point now. That's so hard to believe. But you have to think, like, when he was playing his best ball, I mean, you had him, Dame, McCollum, Clay, Chris Paul, Paul Steph, well. um, Russ. Russ. I mean, you had all those. I mean, yeah, it's justified him I'm not sure getting one, some. but it's just tough that um, he had to play. The, the time he did was such, like, elite, like, Hall of Fame yeah. guards. He was in the guard uh, golden era yeah. of the West for sure. Yeah, you could even just yeah, you could just say what uh, West specifically. He uh, yeah, he got screwed on that one. That's just timing. Nothing you can do there. Um, for uh, you want me to go three? Yeah, my number one. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I I don't know if I can't decide if I want to go rank or not. But you know, I'm gonna say this is probably my number one guy. I don't know how you're gonna feel about it. Um, I'm not sure if it's your favorite guy or not. But uh, Tony Parker. Was my other one, mm-hmm. and this was my other like childhood team, the Big Three Spurs. You were a, you were a big Spurs. Guy. Big Three Spurs yeah. team was my big childhood team. I just loved everything they did. I loved all the players on that team. Uh, you know, we this was a non superstar list, so I couldn't throw my man Duncan in, mm-hmm. but obviously he would have been up there. But it was tough. You know, I was like, I was gonna be with somebody off that team. Yeah. But it was like Tony or Manu. Manu, yeah. And it was a tough decision for me. But in the end, Tony's ability to be so crafty uh, on offense and like crafty is really good. And work. really put a like stick in everybody's just, just really be the itch on their back they couldn't scratch in those final series sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just being a little bit quicker and a little bit, yeah, craftier than the other, than the defense could handle. It was just, uh, it was really interesting because, uh, yeah. I'm sure he annoyed a lot of coaches throughout the years because I mean he, he wasn't really overly talented in any aspect of the game. No, yeah. He wasn't really a knockdown shooter. He had a good handle, but like his, I mean everything else was pretty much run of the mill point guard stuff. But man, he just uh, his ability to take it to the rack, his slashing ability. He was one of the first, like to me at least, kind of one of the few like slashing true guards. Uh, kind of set the stage for a lot of guys to come after that, like Russ and those guys. He definitely wasn't exactly the powerful dunker that a lot of those guys have turned out to be, but he uh, he was so effective in getting to the basket and laying it in and getting a foul or something and just yeah. putting up that little floater. Uh, he uh, he had a great ability to do that. Kind of kind of had a Mac Widener aspect to his game. Shout out Wags. Yeah. Uh, kind of did those little nuances, those little spins off the glass type yeah. type moments. When that I you think have. of when I think of uh, Tony Parker, I just think of him as like. 
splitting the defense, like dribbling around, just like finding holes. Just yeah. Like, just like distributing and, and like getting his own shots. Like I just think of him just like really just creating space. Yeah. Just like for either him or the, you know, the Kawhis and Tony Parkers and Manus um, and the Tiago splitters of the world. <laughs> the Tiago splitters of the world. Um, shout out Tiago splitter for trying to duck on LeBron. Um, <laughs> Let's that for him. Um, but yeah, the Spurs teams uh, definitely probably made you sweat a little bit over the years. There were a couple of little matchups there between yeah. your Heat and some some fantastic your Cavs and oh they waxed those Cavs that year. Yeah, they did. I watched that. I remember vividly watching that at the beach because uh, you know it's always in May or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and I was happy about it and. Uh, that was back when I had some disdain for LeBron back in the day. Before some he, disdain is before he, before he <laughs> before he really helped out his legacy for me by doing a few different things and just uh, really just growing. I mean, he was a young guy, yeah. but post that was, that was that that's what sent LeBron to the Miami uh, the Miami Heat. Yeah. Tough scene post uh, post the decision. LeBron was was a. Uh, was not a good thing for for G. He's not uh, a villain. He wasn't built for that. Yeah, he he really kind of funny for a while. He really did try to play that villain. I mean, but he's not a villain. No, he's just the he's best. Pretty... <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, um, but that's all I've got on Tony. But yeah, so we can segue so into your game. My number three will be uh, sort of along the same line. Steve Nash. Um, I grew up on Steve Nash. Me and my brother uh, were big fans of Steve Nash. Um, oh, I love Nash. Yeah, you know him with on on the Lakers teams, and then him on the the Suns with uh, Amari Stoudemire, right? And then yeah, um, uh, Sean Marion. Yep. And uh, that was just, that was like one of those first uh, really modern offense teams. Mm-hmm. They really ran a lot, and they uh, they moved the ball incredible. Though they had um, ooh, Leonardo Barbosa, all time name. Oh yes, he was Next. a. Uh, he, won, he was a fun name to say. Played in 2015 with the Warriors, correct? Yeah, he had some, he had some good golden years there at the end where he kind of mm-hmm. closed out his career. But yeah, uh, I agree with you on Nash. We kind of feel like we we sort of missed out on the. Uh, we were kind of young for the Mavs years. Yeah, yeah. Um, young, with but, with Dirk, but yeah. I'm sure those were pretty electric. Yeah, but sure those Suns years specifically, when he won a couple MVPs. Yeah. Or was it just? He got one. Yeah, he definitely got one. Um, I don't know actually. But yeah. Um but yeah, that's our that's our top three uh greatest greatest NBA players nine. that aren't um bona fide superstars like the late Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, uh LeBron James is of the your, world. Yeah, your Hall of your Mount Rushmore of yeah. each era, guys. Um so do you want to uh do you want to Super Bowl it? Yeah, Super Bowl it. So um our episode last week uh, got a little cut off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you listen to the some, end, I don't know how many some, of you listen to the some end. Some technical difficulties yeah. uh, towards the end when we were discussing the NFL um, breakdown. Um, so I guess we'll just start from the top and we'll go. Um, Luckily, we missed Packers. and All you missed is Packers and Niners, though, which yeah. was a pretty quick little rundown. Yeah. Because we all know how that game Wasn't much out. talk about the, the, the Packers and Niners championship game. But let's go into um, the NFL. What is your pick for the Super Bowl? Yeah, that was the one part I was unfortunate that they didn't hear it. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna stick to my initial 
my initial take on that. As much as I've been on the Chiefs train throughout the year, not really throughout the year. Once I saw them kind of start to hit their stride at the beginning, at the end of the year, coming into the playoffs, I was oh, like, coming off an I was like, this is a this is a Chiefs setup right here. They're gonna really come into their own, and the offense is gonna click. But I just think the Niners are too too complete, top mm-hmm. to bottom. Yeah, and Jimmy G doesn't even have to be that good. I don't think. Now that being said, well, it's proven they didn't have to be that good. No, it's proven. But I only said that because I feel like they'll still be able to run the ball as effectively. But I'm also hearing, you know, they're going to get one of their linemen back, the Chiefs, off injury. Jones, I believe, is in them mm-hmm. coming off. And he's apparently a pretty integral piece to their run defense. So that may change things a little bit. But I don't know. I just – part of me just believes that Kyle Shanahan this year is just – Well, so changing little. things a little bit for the Niners' run offense means uh, two touchdowns and 150 yards <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the yeah. 390 and yards and four touchdowns. If they the- can even stay – Half as balanced as they already are, yeah. On run to pass, this is gonna be well. Actually, they're they're heavy on one side, but I think people are misconstruing the idea of Jimmy G being a bad quarterback just because he's only thrown it that few times throughout that game. Nine times. I think he's, I think he's got the ability. I've, I've, we've watched him play good games this year. I think he can make the plays in the big moments. We'll see. He's not been there before, but I mean, Patty hasn't been to this stage yet either. Not that I don't think it'll. I mean, I don't know if it'll phase him. He's such an elite player, but I will say I think the Jimmy G being the burden that he's thought to be right now is a little bit uh, over their skis on that talk. So I, I just think, and the Niners' defense is obviously just a unit, yeah. a unit in of itself. It's gonna be a, a destructive it's unit. It's gonna be a tough, uh, a tough, a tall order for the Chiefs to get. I think it's that gonna be a Niners good game. Defense. I, I mean, I hope it's going to be a good game. I really, um, I, I don't see any way it's not going to be. Yeah. Um, but I think my my pick, I'm not, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. You're going to go Chiefs. Um, maybe maybe Chiefs it's pick. just for the the sake of parity. Um, but I really do. Um, you know, I, I don't have any real, any real ties to the the two teams, and neither do you, obviously. But, no. Um, I, I'm I'm going to go with the, the high powered, uh, flashy offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think Mahomes uh, is going to show up and rise to the occasion, um, and I think it's I think I think it's just going to be too much. I think that that offense is going to be too much for the Niners' defense to handle, which it may prove to not be because their defense is well um, pretty elite. One but. thing worth throwing out there, I suppose, as far as the Chiefs and Niners matchup wise is concerned. The Niners have been able to walk through a Rodgers quarterback that really isn't exactly the most mobile guy at this point in his career. Now, on the other hand, Patty has been ad-libbing quite a bit lately yeah, and getting out of the pocket and making a lot of moves, and he was running a lot in these last couple games. So I think that'll be interesting to see because one thing that can kind of thwart that uh, intense pass rush could be a quarterback's ability to get out of the pocket and Mm -hmm. make plays with his feet or – Make them give him the impression of a play with his feet and make a good throw. So, and like we saw with Russell, that was one of the few teams that was able to give them fits this year. That's a guy who can move. Yeah. So, matchup wise, I think it's gonna be a really good game. And I would say if there's a spot that the Chiefs can take advantage and win this football game, and there's a spot they can exploit, would be that that their quarterback is so electric and mobile that they can sort of counter that. Intense, obviously, and awesome pass rush with yeah. with Bosa out there. So, 
I think it's gonna be a really good game. I think another another main point is like the Chiefs have gotten down. They got down to the uh, Texans. They got down to the Titans. Yes, um, and I think. I mean, they were able to come back and win by multiple touchdowns in both those games. But I think that if I don't think they'll be able to make that same sort of comeback against uh, so, uh, against the Niners. So if they get that early first quarter, second quarter deficit, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be such a pretty story. So they'll definitely have to come out hotter and, you know, more ready to play and, um, if they're going to pull it off. I so we're kind of making cases for each other in this situation. I guess, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but those were those are good points, I think. And, yeah. yeah, I agree, though. I agree with you. They, uh, this is not the Texans' defense. This is the Niners. Yeah. And this is the team that can control the clock and run the ball. It's mm-hmm. another important part of it. You know, they yeah. can – they they definitely have the schematics in place to – To play with – Keep the, the ball away from you. Yeah. And chew the clock. Yeah. And I think that's a very important note because the Texans were so heavy on Deshaun Watson – they did everything through him. They gave up on the run in about a second. So it's going to be interesting. The Niners are kind of an old-fashioned team. And the Chiefs are obviously the modern NFL offense. So it's going to be, like I said, unstoppable force, a movable object. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a good clash I'm looking for. I think the championship games were terrible, obviously, but this will uh, make up for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. So uh, we'll come back here in just a moment with a uh, quick hogball well, well, we'll talk the last couple games, and we'll see what's coming ahead. So uh, y'all stick with us. Okay, welcome back. Now we're going to move into a little Arkansas Razorbacks basketball talk. Um, played two games this last week, coming off the loss at Kentucky the previous Saturday. Yep. Um, played Wednesday night in Starkville against Mississippi State, and then played Saturday in Bud Walton against uh, TCU. Um, the Horn Frogs. Um, yeah. That Went one and one in those games. Uh, what do you think about the Mississippi State game? Yeah, I was gonna say I was uh I was prepared to come in here on Monday and be sort of uh disappointed and feeling like we got a little ahead of ourselves maybe with the team, but then they come out on Saturday against TCU and they really blew them out, blew the doors off of them a little bit. Uh, but Mississippi State, you know, it was unfortunate. Um, it's hard to play with a guy like that with that kind of size. Uh, and Reggie Perry, how many? What, what we got here? How many free throws? This man took. This man took 15 free throws. I mean, if you give one guy that many free throws in a game, I don't know how you can ever expect to win it. But that's just the that's just the hurdle we have in front of us when we're playing a guy that has so much size on you. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna end up slapping him around when he's trying to go up when you're um, when you're guarding somebody that big. So it's just. Just one of those things that we're gonna have to come to terms with. Uh, I mean, we all knew this coming into the season, but we're, when we play guys like this, I don't know. I mean, you really can't game. I mean, Russ can only do so much when, especially with our personnel. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can only do so much schematically without being just coming to the conclusion where we're just they're just too big. You know, there's two guys down there that we just cannot handle. So I mean, but they also just have enough pieces around him. Weatherspoon's a pretty good player. Uh, it's tough to win on the road in the SEC. There's no shame yeah. in losing that game. That's a good team. Yeah, um, it's a good team. It's a hot team. It was very frustrating Yeah, for all of us out there that frustrating to watch. watched Reggie Perry commit to this school and then obviously decommit. So, you know, it was doubly as uh, – For me, the whole game, I was just sitting there thinking, like, well, man, we – like, we uh, – he should be on our team. Yeah. Like, uh, like, 
I was just, I was in my head, I was putting the pieces together of like who we would have exactly. right now. That's what I was like doing him too. on our team. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you guys don't know, like uh, Reggie Perry committed to our team with the um, the Desis and the Isaiah Joes of the world. Um, they were building something special, and Isaiah yeah. or uh, Reggie uh, decommitted um, from Arkansas and then committed to Mississippi State. Same no, man, but according to the commentator, he just, you know, had a little visit. Yeah. He was just around for a little while. Yeah. It was pretty frustrating to hear him. He, yeah, that, I didn't hear that. That moment. guy was That's really, he was like, he was just acting like we were just like on his radar. I was like, dude, he committed to our school. He's already committed. And then, uh, and then he broke our hearts. There's some spec, yeah, there's obviously speculation about, you know, whatever they did to get him, you know, whatever. But I don't know about any of that. He went to Mississippi State. End of story. And the Bulldogs, and they, uh, they made 22 field goals to Arkansas's 30 field goals. So we made eight more shots as a basketball team. Um, and we still lost by seven points. Um, it's free throws. It's free throws. It's the lack of size. Um, it's frustrating. Um, but it is who we are, and we yeah. do a dang good job of fighting through games um, as that unit. Yeah. Um, it was uh, – and, you know, there were probably some – you can make, make a case against certain calls, but, you know, I'm not here to disparage the refs or anything like that. I'm not really one to – I want to throw the refs down as the reason for it, as we for losing. But uh, you know, when a guy has 15 free throws, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, well, what can you say? I mean, there's got to be a few of them in there that were probably a little, uh, you know, could have gone either way. So yeah. it's one of those games. It's a tough one on the road. It was a tough, tough to go down and have a two-game skid. Isaiah didn't look like himself, but obviously we've seen that he, uh, you know, he's been fighting through injury. Evidently, yeah, and uh, sat out Saturday, so we weren't really full strength. Jimmy, Jimmy played a little better. Um, you know, Desi didn't have really an outstanding game by his by his standards, but uh, yeah, this is what we're just gonna have to be. Uh, we're gonna have then, to make the most. And then of what once we got. again, you know, Mason. In, in terms of, we'll talk about Mason obviously more for the TCU game, but. I mean, in in the, in the Mississippi State game, um, he still looked a little shy, a little timid. Yeah. Um, still looked a little. He was in foul trouble shot. again. Um, yeah. And watching this game, I really just wanted the old Isaiah Joe back, or Isaiah Joe too, because he hasn't been stellar either. But um, I, I wanted the old Mason Jones, uh, Georgia Tech buzzer beater, um, Tulsa forty point dropper, uh, Mason yeah. Jones back. Um, yeah. And it's not that he's been bad. No. Uh, he's taken – He just set the bar so high. He set the bar so high, and um, it's the, the shots that he used to used to take that he's just not anymore, which yeah. is the, the saddest part. He doesn't look as confident um, and cold-blooded as he did earlier in the year. But that being said, you know, like I said, tough one on the road, tough place to play, yeah. I guess, the hump, as they call it. Yeah, that – Whatever that refers to. Yeah. I mean, Starboard seems kind of like a – a shitty place to live. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the hump is. Yeah, I don't know. We don't. We're just not going to pay attention. But uh, moving on to TCU, um, Arkansas wins seventy eight sixty seven this past Saturday. The Hogs bounce back from an O two skid uh, in SEC play, moving into the Big, Big Twelve SEC Challenge. SEC Challenge. Um, not sure what the final record. Uh, when Big 12 and SEC was, um, but I think it was pretty close. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was down to the wire. Uh, I would have to go back and look, but uh, I think they maybe outpaced us by like a game. 
Yeah, potentially. But, it, but last time, when I was before the Kentucky Texas Tech, I think it was like 4 3, Big 12. Yeah. So it was either very close or maybe they had just about a game. But um, yeah, that was a big win. Yeah. Needed that one. Yeah. Uh, Mason, um, two points at half or something like that, and then came out um, and ended up with uh, 20. 20. Yeah. He's just a streaky guy. And that's just kind of what we have to come to terms with with him. He shot 15 free throws in that game. Wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's he's gonna have spurts where he either where he's not really shooting the ball terribly well. Uh, but then you know then he can kind of he can come on, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a heat check guy once he gets a couple down. Yeah. He's then he's gonna feel himself and take a few. Yeah. And uh, you know, Desi had a great game. Yeah. Player of the game. Jonesboro High School native. Our boy, Desi uh, Seals. Number three, Desi Seals. Not trying to give out any uh, bias, but we're very biased toward Desi Seals, um, our man. Tied his season high with 18 points on the year. Yeah. Um, still, in my opinion, uh, one of the two best, if not the best, on-ball defender and the best attacking the basket off the wing. Um, yeah. He just doesn't get enough credit for that. Um, I mean, he's just – he's a guy that will come out every possession um, – doesn't quit, uh, and yeah. he knocked down three for three from three, which which is a which is big, big for him. him. Coming, I mean, he's yeah. shooting like twenty one percent on the year from three. Yeah, he, and he makes those three big threes, which is just huge for the Hogs. Yeah, he needed that, and um, it was great. It was great to see him come out there and show out and have a lot of confidence in his game. But uh, he played well. Uh, TCU that was a worthy opponent. There's no reason yeah. to believe that that was just some like cake game. Samuel guy was a beast down low. He was tough to handle all game. Yeah, that was giving us issues. That uh, that could have very easily been a bigger problem than we let it be. So you know, I mean, that's one of those games. And Twenty-four and eighteen. Yeah, we could have dropped it. We could have dropped that game easily. Yeah. And um, the fact we were able to edge it out and uh, you know, Bud Walton, it was it was pretty electric again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they played well. Um, you know, they TCU's played a lot of teams close this year. I think they've beaten Iowa State. They've played some other good teams in the Big 12 pretty close. So, like I said, no reason to believe that was not a uh, good win. I think that'll be a quality win for our team. Uh, and, you know, the score, 78-67, shows we had zero field goals in the last four minutes. So, I will say that that 78-67 doesn't really reflect how well we beat them. We beat them pretty soundly. I was going to say that, like, at, at no point in the game did, like, it, it really feel like we were, like, Gonna lose. Like kicking their ass. No. But like it also didn't feel like we were about to lose. Like we, we felt in control of that game. And I think that's that just goes back to the the size. Like um, Samuel, I mean he had he was nine for twelve for twenty four points and eighteen rebounds. I mean the bulk of those points coming in the first half, but Yeah, we um, he kept us uh, or he kept them in it. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's hard to blow out people uh, when you're giving up such a um, a difference Huge in, size in rebounds totals and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. But I, I, I never felt like we were going to lose, um, but we also never, like, really, really started, like, pulling away. Yeah. And, I mean, the box score doesn't really show everything that I saw in, out there. Like, Jalen Harris has been giving us quality minutes the last few games. Yeah. Never saying that he's making good decisions. You could probably make the case for it. Jimmy, as much as I love him, he can probably play as a off-the-ball guy. And not be the primary ball handler for our team, and let Jalen work the point because he can make a lot of things happen when he takes it to the basket. Whether and I mean he can get out of control here and there, but when he gets going really fast, he's kind of hard to stop. He's pretty lightning quick, 
So when he gets down there, as long as he's making the right decisions, he can kick it out to somebody who can make a shot or, you know, kick it to somebody who's going to hit a big shot, you know, and get it to Jimmy down there and maybe let him work across the key or something. So there's a – I think the lineup will be shifting a little bit as the year goes on, especially if Desi remains out for the next few games. But uh, I was impressed. You know, everybody played well. Chaney threw in some good minutes. He, uh, he had a tough situation where he got a – he got he got blocked on one, he got it back, and then he missed the dunk. It was really oh, sad, yeah. and I felt bad. And I was, but but later in the game, they made a big big layup and had some big boards for us. So he was kind of a guy and that him, he's got to be big for us. Him staying out of foul trouble uh, while getting like more significant minutes is big because yeah. I feel like I feel like the last couple games when he's played is just. He's been bent in, and he'll have three quick fouls, and then you know, you always have to sit yeah, down. It's tough. But, uh, another big story is the thing that's boggled my mind the most uh, recently is uh, Ethan Henderson. Um, yeah, he was like one of the highest-rated uh, players of the uh, class uh, coming out of high school, and he hardly gets minutes. He hardly got minutes last year with uh, Mike Anderson, and he really, really doesn't get minutes this year. Um, with the absence of Gabe, Gabe Austin Boyd and the uh, absence of size with uh, Eric Musselman, um, it it kind of blows my mind um, like why he doesn't get those minutes. Um, so something must be going on um, either off the court or just in practice. He must just be horrible because like when you see him in uh, like warm ups and stuff, I mean he's he looks so athletic and um, like a, like a well put together uh, like player, but uh, and there's not really any like super, super, super glaring um, negatives to him when he plays. Um, but he did get um, some more minutes this past game. Yeah, it was a necessity um, thing, I think, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we needed another body out there. And uh, your boy Silla had some minutes that night, too. Oof, Silla. Uh, but uh, he uh, he didn't screw he, – he did well enough on his own. And, uh, yeah, it was a good team win. I felt like we uh, – we needed that momentum shift coming into these next this next stretch because these next games aren't going to be exactly cupcakes. Uh, no, obviously no SEC game is a cupcake, but uh, South Carolina we saw them beat Kentucky on a buzzer beater a while ago, and then we got Bama after that, and they just they blew the doors off Auburn a week or two ago. So they're like I said, no tough, no easy games. We got South Carolina at home. We should win that game. Mm-hmm. I would hope. Yeah, uh, I haven't really looked at their roster a whole lot. I'm not sure what kind of players they've got coming up, coming into our building, but uh, they're good enough to play Kentucky and win. So yeah. that's one um, thing in and of itself. That was in South Carolina, though. Yeah, no, right. obviously. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just going to be tough to go to any into any SC arena for any SEC team this year and uh, pull out a win. Yeah, um, but I think that'll be, be a loud. good a good matchup. Hopefully, um, we can get the get the W in that one. The thing crowd, going yeah. to Tuscaloosa is the game that I'm most worried yeah, about. Yeah, I'm very worried about the game going to Tuscaloosa. They've got that guy with the dreads who's been uh, there for a thousand yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's still pretty good. Uh, they've just uh, – they're kind of a – they're a pretty well-coached team. I'm, we're still looking at an Avery Johnson team, correct? I'm not making yep. that up, Emma. Which is just kind of crazy to me, honestly, that he's like the coach there still, even though he's been there for a few years. It's like he was – an NBA like NBA player, kind of a all-time guy, and he's still there coaching, which is crazy to me. Uh, so they're well, they're going to be a well-coached squad, and they're going to be a good team. Oh wait, is he gone? No, he's back. Okay, 
and I saw the dash 2019. I was like, okay, maybe he's not there anymore. Uh, but there are no, yeah, they're going to be a worthy opponent. Oh, wait a minute. Seems that Avery Johnson. There's been a material change. Mr. <laughs> Coach Nate Oates. They fired Avery, didn't they? Yeah, I guess so. That's crazy. All right, that was uh, on us. But we're uh, we're looking into it currently. I was uh, not aware he is no longer there. Either yeah, he, maybe he. Fired. Wow, oh. that's hard to believe. Six million dollars. I suppose that's not really his. Avery Johnson. Mm-hmm. So I suppose he's not exactly as built for college ball as I, uh, as maybe some expected him to be in developing players, but uh, he is no longer there. It appears uh, they'll be a tough team to play. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, uh, these next two games are pivotal. We got to keep ourselves on this momentum path. Uh, hopefully, we can pull it out. Yes. Yeah. Hogs sit at fifteen and four. Yep. Um, Clearly, I think in the SEC, you, you know, I think there's a couple tiers to, you know, the SEC conferences yeah. uh, in terms of basketball. I think you're going to have your Kentucky and your Auburn um, in the top two. Then you're going to have teams. LSU around there in the um, top part. And I think, well, I think I'll put us with the, in the second tier with LSU. And, okay. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Us and LSU. Yeah, I think we're right there together. Is that uh, the two next? Which I think all, all tough four teams of those to teams play. will be tournament teams. Mississippi State's Ducky. another team you could throw in there, probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like come SEC conference tournament time. It's going to be, be interesting. I think this will be one of the crazier conference tournaments we've had. Yeah. I, I think a, a lot of these SEC teams can, uh, can play and hang with each other. Um, it's definitely, definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, um, we also had some news come out about our new quarterback. Oh, yeah. Or our new uh, maybe potential starting quarterback. I yeah. suppose he might be. I'm not exactly uh, plugged in as some may be as far as the football recruiting goes. But I do know that Felipe Franks is heading our way. And uh, whether you're a Felipe Franks person or not, I think it remains to be said that uh, he's at the very least an upgrade yeah. for us and um, could end up being a key cog next year. Yeah, I'd be interested. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see – um, the way Pittman handles uh, Katie Jefferson, yeah, and uh, Felipe. Felipe Franks. I actually met Felipe Franks Saturday night. Did you? Yeah, I uh, didn't actually get a chance to speak with him. I I ran uh, I I saw. Where's Bengals hat? Wasn't he? Yeah, saw him from afar. Um, he was in some Cincinnati Bengals uh, gear. Yeah, is he? A, I guess he's a Cincy guy. I guess. Um, didn't know there were any Cincinnati Bengals fans out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> shout out Jonah. They know where those were. Oh, shout uh, out Jonah. Yeah, he's one. Uh, but uh, but he's no, he's from. He went to high school in Florida. But he was wearing a Bengals hat, and I I went up and, and said hi to him. And um, this is before even the the news broke that he was enrolled and in fact uh, going to be playing football for the Hawks. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, seeing him on campus and stuff, um, I kind of figured. So I I uh, I said hi to him and and whatnot. Nothing real incredible about that conversation but uh right it was just it's still pretty cool to see him yeah i mean yeah like i said he's maybe not the most elite guy in the transfer portal Derek king was sort of the prize mm-hmm. for most teams but uh i mean i think this is at the very least a very good consolation here with yeah. felipe uh i don't know much about what he's still got to offer i know he's coming off an injury pretty big one mm-hmm. but uh my understanding, he can still at least move around a decent amount back there. Yeah, and given our I offensive think he's line, an improvement 
given our line, have right yeah, in our line being a work in progress the way it is, I think it's important that we got a guy that can maybe move around and ad lib and make some plays. So I'm interested to see what he can provide. We'll, uh, we'll obviously have a good receiving core still in place. They weren't really used to their full potential last year, but uh, mm-hmm. they got a guy who can heave it and definitely gives us a leg up. The Trey so, Burks and can't be any worse. Mike Woods and Nox. Trey Knoxes of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, you have anything else on that front? No, I think that's all I've got. We're gonna uh, come to a close here, I suppose, on the hog talk. We've got a. Uh, We've got the Kobe farewell coming in here, and I honestly want to hear the end of this. Uh, yeah, I want to hear the final call in this game because uh, this was a this is a huge moment. Kobe, and, uh, uh, we've had to mute him throughout this podcast, but uh, yeah, Kobe uh, just uh, got the game within one against the Jazz in his farewell game um, in this NBA Wednesday in 2013 or whenever it was. Sixteen. Uh, two thousand. Oh, 2016. Yeah, we were seniors. Ooh, yeah. um, my bad. And, <laughs> I believe it was 16. Uh, I heard earlier. Yeah, we're uh, earlier in the podcast. We said that LeBron James hadn't commented yet um, on he the death of Kobe Bryant. He posted while we were recording this um, really heartfelt stuff. Um, yeah, definitely go check it out. How they talked about uh, everything LeBron passing Kobe um, Saturday night. They talked about that on the phone Sunday morning. Um, just heartbreaking stuff. Um, but that is all that we have. Yeah, we're gonna for the Jackson No Trades podcast. Um, we're gonna go catch the last fifty nine point seven seconds of this game, and we will see you guys next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.